0: super duty tough work what up blueprint logic it's good sir
1: what up sir i'm here man doing well
0: man repping the squad
1: repping the squad as we do you know
0: for those of you who have been you know you can see a logic on the youtube version of the show he's rocking the og Mm -hmm. gray Mm -hmm. super duty tough work hoodie Yes. For those of you who got it, consider yourself special because they ain't been back since. Right. And joints is comfortable.
1: Mm-hmm. They're They're nice and comfortable. comfortable. It's like my favorite hoodie, man.
0: See? We, we spent a couple extra dollars on the quality of that one. Mm. It's not the typical hoodie. That joint is just super comfy. And so, yeah. For those of you who ain't repping the squad properly, get you behind over to weightless.net. Yeah. Scoop up some super duty tough work gear rep the squad odd it's about to get cold so maybe i should look at doing hoodies again
1: yeah probably probably do some more hoodies yo uh super was rocking the, the the t-shirt in the in the I new video that, i saw yeah, that my man my, man's, my he's man the, repping the squad
0: yeah shout out to dj john doe he had on one and uh i was watching them record uh gosh i think it was a uh, uh southern vanguard i seen him rocking the the most infamous shirt too you yeah, know what i'm saying yeah yeah thank you yeah, yeah shout out to all the brothers rocking with us and sisters rocking with this, with the movement super duty tough work the most infamous uh podcast on planet earth the most infamous t-shirts you can get those from weightless.net yeah fire design we might have to get those in a the hoodie they look too yeah crispy. man
1: yeah ah, too crispy i, I think so <laughs> i think so too crispy ah. <laughs> Yeah, the heavy
0: duty black joint, you know what I mean? Like the comfy. Ah, yeah, it's coming soon. Coming soon. So let's let's we gonna get this episode started, man. So everybody, you know, we've been uh, you know, talking about production as a lot. said. I posted a question on my Twitter, maybe it was like two weeks ago. Somebody asked me something about I know someone asked me about would you give what advice would you give new producers? Mm-hmm. And I retweeted it and I gave him like four little
1: bullet points. Yeah. A little joint.
0: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I didn't go all the way in. <laughs> uh, I gave me four joints, you know, how I would do it if I was a new producer. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I thought about that. I was like, yo, that's, that's lightweight an episode right there, you know, because I only wrote down four, but there's many tips I would give a new producer, mm-hmm. you know, about how to get better faster and uh so you know and cats have been asking me this last week i feel like i got a couple tweets for cats and on uh, instagram cats like yo when you're gonna do some more production topics when you're gonna do some more production topics i was like damn it has been a minute since we did some shit about production and so we're gonna do this week a production topic and this week we're gonna talk about how to become a better music producer now just a heads up for everybody at home listening who doesn't watch on youtube You must know that when we finish this episode, it will be added to the YouTube playlist that we have on production. We have a playlist of all of our episodes about music production. So you can go to YouTube and watch them all together. Maybe you sitting around making beats. You need something playing in the background to put that batter in your back. Give you some creative ideas or some some juice. Mm -hmm. The YouTube channel is where to go. Subscribe. Help us get these numbers up, you know, because, you know, as I've said many times, like 90% of our listeners are not YouTube. So yeah. our, our views is kind of shout over there, you know, compared to mm-hmm. here, to the audio. But, yeah, we need you all over there, too. So those of you who, uh, you know, want to subscribe and, and take advantage of the playlist, please do that.
1: Yeah, we are flirting with 2,000 followers, man. Right, we flirting with it. Right you know? there. Can right we, there. Help us get over the top, please. Yeah. Somebody you wanna on
0: 1818 or some shit like that. Like, damn. Before the end of the year, can we just break 2k?
1: Yeah, come on. We just need 200 more, y'all. Maybe we do something special when we break 2k. That's what we should do. That's yeah. what we should do. I don't know
0: what we can do, but we'll brainstorm on it. Maybe we'll give yeah. some shit away. Yeah. But Maybe a hoodie or something. I like that idea. I like yeah. that logic. See, yeah. logic is about the people, man. <laughs> give you somebody's gonna get a hoodie when we break 2k on youtube Mm -hmm. help us you know so okay here we go so uh yeah we're gonna talk about how to become a better music producer so we'll take a break and we'll be right back
2: Now listening to Super Duty Tough Work with your host Blueprint, raw and uncut, adult conversations, no shucking, no jiving, and no bullshit.
0: Yeah, folks, we here. Super Duty Tough Work Blueprint, illogic. Talking about production this week if you're a music producer especially if you're an up-and-coming music producer i don't know how much these are going to help establish guys but there are a few things in here that established guys would benefit from too facts you know and uh this episode i also think may apply to people who are not even music producers Mm -hmm. in a way and so uh we'll see if it's transferable and we're going to get started with number one Tip to become a better music producer. And this is a controversial one in the hip hop community. Hm. Tip number one read your manuals.
1: Come on. Read them shits. Yeah. Cats just go to YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> they, <laughs> open the, they open the box, go straight to YouTube tutorials. Don't even read the manual. They don't even download the PDF, bro. Come on, bro. <laughs>
0: they be like oh there's a manual for this mm-hmm. yeah hello look man I'm. Uh, maybe it's cause I come from you know the computer science background mm-hmm. being a computer science major you know it. You, you gotta do a lot of technical reading right so you know about stuff that's not very exciting <laughs> right it's not at all cause not I do as, it too not yeah. as exciting as making beats
1: nah nowhere near <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we learned to do technical right uh technical reading all the time and um that transferred very well for me over to production to where by the time i started getting machines um that actually came with uh manuals because let's not forget when i started making beats y- you know if you bought a machine used we used buying mps and eps's from pawn shops and shit mm-hmm. wasn't no manuals right wasn't no youtube wasn't no internet
1: (laughs) and nobody would help you no
0: one would help you yeah (laughs) everyone hated you (laughs) so in those days you you couldn't read the manual now i think reading the manual should be a prerequisite especially with how sophisticated software production has
1: become yeah and all the features that are available yeah because everything don't get covered in youtube tutorials
0: no you know no man I got, I switched from Reason to Ableton pretty quickly mm-hmm. and people never even knew what records I was making with Ableton and that's because when I started uh, learning Ableton, I sat down with the manual for like six weeks. I, I bought two DVDs. I'm looking at them right over here. I bought two Ableton DVDs uh, that was like a course and then I sat with those. I worked two hours a day. I would watch a section or two and then I would practice whatever they taught me. And I have manuals too on Ableton Live. And um within 6 weeks I was rocking. But like you're saying the YouTube stuff doesn't scratch the surface of what's in the manual, right? And the biggest reason I think you need to read the manual is not to sit there and do everything that's in the manual. You need to go through the manual so you know what
1: features exist. Yeah. What's available to you. And then you can take, take it or leave it. You know what I'm saying? Like if it's something that you not going to use, then you just don't use it. But knowing that it's there, you might come up, you know, and make a track or, you know, like live tracking instruments and shit like that. Like you may not do that that often, but if it comes to a point where you have to do that, you're like, Oh, it's a section in the manual about how to do that. Let me go back. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And reread that section. Like, there's a lot of shit, you know, even with FL, like, there's a lot of stuff that I still don't, I ha- still haven't even touched yet because I haven't needed to. Yeah. But I know what's available to me. Exactly.
0: So read your manuals, guys. There's yeah. going to be a lot of producers say, oh, man, I just pick it up and made a beat the first day I got it. I knew it was for me. Yeah, yeah, but then two years, three years later, they're still making the same beat. Right. Doing the same shit. Same shit. You want to at least know what's in that thing so that when you run into a problem or you have a creative idea, your your vocabulary for solving that problem is that much deeper. So, read your manuals. Number one. Number two piece of advice for new music producers to become a better producer is to make two to three beats a day. Yes. Especially
1: when you just start now.
0: Exactly. Do not think that you're just going to make a beat every couple weeks every week or so when you feel like it mm-hmm. and you're going to get better. You know how long it takes just to get good at programming drums?
1: Come on. Just at I'm still not simps. good at it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm still not good at it. I chop up drum mm-hmm. breaks like a motherfucker cuz I right. cannot I cannot program Bro- drums to save my life, dog. Yeah, it takes time. Yeah. See? And this is a man. How long are you been making beats? Six seven About years. Probably? Six seven years now. Yeah. See,
0: it's just, it's very similar. It's like there are certain parts of production that you could only learn through repetition and doing them over and over and over again. And every beat is a little different, so every time you solve this problem a little bit differently. And you have to you have to make beats enough to where you can take the lessons of the previous beats. And add them to the new beats, right? Um, But what happens is, is if you only make beats when you feel like it, uh, only make uh, one beat every month, or when I got time, uh, thirty minutes on on, uh, you know, on a whim, Mm -hmm. you get no momentum. Yeah, you know. And so I, I when I first started making beats, and I remember the first sampler I got when I got my EPS, I got it right, I got it out the pawn shop right before my college Christmas break, Mm -hmm. and, and I was like. Mom, I'm not coming home for Christmas, for Thanksgiving.
1: (laughs) I got plans.
0: Yeah, I'm going to stay down here. You know what I mean? I I don't even think I had a bedroom at my mom's house at that point Anyways, I was like, look, we got a crib down here on campus. Uh, I'm going to stay here and I'm just going to come visit whenever. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not going to stay home for six weeks from Thanksgiving to, you know, New Year's, like the long college breaks we used to have. And I had this machine. I was like, yo, I'm going to learn this machine. All I did, that's all I did for six weeks. May beat after beat after beat after beat. And it, and that's how like, by the time I had met you, you know what I'm saying? I was pretty good at production,
1: mm-hmm.
0: even though I had only been doing it like a year or two um, because I was just sitting around doing that every day. My advice to new producers, don't try to be perfect. Right. Don't think that like, you know, uh, you're gonna get it on a first try. That something's wrong with making whack beats. Ain't nothing
1: wrong with making no whack beats. You need those whack beats. You need whack beats to get to the great ones.
0: Thank you. And if you ain't making no beats, you ain't going to be doing shit. You ain't going to be progressing. You know, so, so make two to three beats a, week, a, a, a day. And, and sometimes if you can't do two, three beats a, a day, just make sure you sit down for two hours a day. Mm-hmm. That's it. Maybe you yeah. only get one great beat. Yeah. But you have to put the time in. Or you won't get better.
1: Yeah, the first time I, um, when I first started making beats, that's all I did. I didn't write no rhymes. I didn't do anything but study my manuals, watch YouTube videos, and practice. And try shit. And I was making three to five beats a day. Just, you know, that was my time. That's all that I did. When I would go in the studio, it was all about production. I wasn't even thinking about writing rhymes. I wasn't even thinking about none of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I had to focus on learning this, you know, this new equipment and this new software and um, just the idea of learning, you know, what reverb actually does to sound, you know, what delays actually do to sound, what what all of these words mean so I can speak the language and understand what the hell I'm doing, you know, what <laughs> yeah. ambience is and, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like all of these things, just learning those things to understand You know, and try to find my sound and find out, you know, what my beats are going to sound like. Yes. You know, because being around you and, you know, I've been around some of the best producers in the game. You know what I mean? But if I'm going to be a producer, my shit can't sound like you. Yeah, My shit can't sound like RJ or Blackhead. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to find my own shit. And the only way you can do that is to take time and really dedicate, you know, to learning your software and understanding production tips, at you know, all the way through. Facts, facts. So that's
0: number two. Number three tip. Number three tip. How to become a better music producer is imitate your favorites. Yes. You know, they say imitation is the highest form of flattery. It's also the easiest way to get better as a producer. Mm-hmm. Because imitation teaches you a couple things. One, it teaches you to listen. You can't recreate nothing if you don't even hear what's going on. Right. A lot of guys, they, 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 their ear is the last thing to develop. Mm-hmm. Your ear as a producer should be the first thing to develop. You need to develop an ear for a dope melody. Mm-hmm. You need to develop an ear for what a good drum sounds like. Mm-hmm. Just sonically, what these yeah. instruments, what you're looking for. That's all in your ear. You get that through listening. Mm-hmm. And then imitation gives us an opportunity to apply that listening to the beats we're making so now i heard it can i recreate that thing right i hear that bassline. can i play that line? Mm-hmm. can i program that drum pattern exactly like they have it even if my sounds are different how close can i come to that mm-hmm. that's what imitation teaches you so if you have favorite producers and you're an up-and-coming producer don't sit around and think oh i can't i gotta have an original style mm-hmm. no your first uh x amount of months years Imitate the shit that you think is the dopest shit. Mm-hmm. Take that
1: shit away from it. And then yes, the longer you do it, the more you'll, you'll start finding your own style. Yeah, it'll come because yeah. you'll learn techniques through the imitation. It's just like, you know, when we talked about um, some of our writing hacks, when, you know, I said like yeah. I would, you know, copy other people's patterns. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's the same shit. It's the same shit. To add things to my toolbox to learn how to do certain things and get certain things under my belt to where like okay now I can apply this technique to my own shit, you know, and do it the way that I would do it. Now how would I flip that? Like there's certain samples I find that other people have used and I just make a beat out of it just to flip it different. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I, because I see how they, okay, that's where they chopped it. That's how it's chopped. Okay, those are the parts that they used. Okay, but it's like three other parts that they didn't use. Let me see if I can incorporate those. You know what I'm saying? Like all all kind of shit. You know, all kind of techniques to you know apply and work on getting your own shit.
0: Yeah, I mean, even just think about like so many producers in the beat scene today. A Mm. lot of them imitate Dilla swing. Yep. You know what i mean the 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 swing that he's got in the pocket, a lot of these producers you can tell like they started making beats when Dilla was around mm-hmm. and for at least a while, that's how they learned to program their drums, yeah, and then they kind of took it and went their own way and got more extreme with it, mm-hmm. but it made them better producers, you know what I mean just learning how to do that because if you copied his swing then you gotta you gotta also have his ear. For which sounds to use, right? You know his sense of timing. Where is that baseline? Is that on beat? Is it behind the beat? Is how do I how do I? This is my snare early, late. There's there's a science behind all of that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it takes you to put that that into the grid to see it. You can copy Dilla, but then you say, "Oh, wait a minute! I'm looking at this grid, and I'm seeing that that snare is usually little ahead and that." I had a little little behind uh, Right. The kick is always here. And then the other kick. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's the science behind this. Mm -hmm. You don't learn that if you don't imitate it. You know, so that's number three. Uh, Let's take a break. We'll be right back. I've been talking about it a while, but it's finally here. My new book, The Social
2: Media Cheat Code.
0: If you're an artist, creative or entrepreneur, this book is for you. I've been a full-time artist for almost 20 years and the majority of that time has been spent online building my following. I've learned a lot of lessons and all of those lessons are in this book. What days and times are best to post? What elements make a post work or fail? How to organically get more engagement? How to use current events to grow your following? How to automate your posts? How to repurpose your content? How to sell more products and much, much more. No complicated jargon no fluff just common sense techniques that you can use and apply immediately if you're tired of guessing and ready to step up your social media game head on over to waitlist.net right now and order your signed copy today peace super duty tough work yo the most infamous podcast on planet earth holy going where no podcast has ever gone before (laughs) covering more ground than any podcast and having fun while doing it yeah talking about how to become a better music producer for all you music producers out there you know this next set of, of things is, is going to be some things that even the experienced music producers can uh, learn from number four tip is listen to a lot of old records yes Digging for me mm-hmm. Is my number one source of inspiration Oh come on man You know like I think we talked about it You and I via text about like One day I was like you're like I need to go digging I was like I don't need to go digging for records I need to go digging to be Inspired to make beats Yeah, like, You know what I mean because I hadn't yeah. made no beats in a while yeah. I was like the records I, I know I need because buying the records Activates
1: something in me <laughs> It, it does. I just, I, I, I laugh because I just went digging yesterday. See? <laughs> I got a, I got a whole stack. And, I mean, I've been digging, like, probably, I, I think I dug two weeks ago, too. And yeah. I don't need no more records. You know what I'm saying? Like, I still got a whole bunch of records I ain't even listened to. But, yo, the stack that I got over here from the last two weeks, so much fire in it. Makes oh, you want to make beats, don't it? Come on, man. I'm so, I've, man, I've, I've been killing it the last couple of weeks. Just Just one or two, like. Some I'm like, I got some samples to where I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, that's that's the thing though. Like one thing, and it, this goes back to what we were
0: talking about with developing your ear. Another way to develop your ear is to by having a very large vocabulary of old music.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Old, great music. There's a reason those 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 records exist. right? It's because those people at that time were the dopest musicians of their time. Yep, the pinnacle. Pinnacle. So if it made it to vinyl, it was pretty fucking good.
1: Yeah, because vinyl was super expensive. You think vinyl is expensive now compared to, you know, with inflation and shit compared to back then? You had to be special. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You made it through all these little hurdles and hoops. You made it through.
0: And Mm -hmm. so, like, you're listening to the dopest musicians of their time when you listen to a record. Mm -hmm. You listen to melodies you never thought of and just all kind of crazy ideas. And when you start getting into that mode, what you do does not just become restricted to your uh, genre, if you will. Right. Like we've always talked about how, like the the diversity of the listening palette of the original hip hop DJs is the reason hip hop blew up. Mm hmm. Like you look at what Jazzy J and Bambada and all them dudes and and Red all the original DJs had incredible range of music in their crates that they would play Mm -hmm. at these parties and jams Mm -hmm. back in the day. That translated uh, into the first, you know, wave of hip hop producers, the public enemies, the tribe called Quests. You know, what I mean, like the Molly malls, they all had these real diverse palettes of things they would sample and draw inspiration from. And so like that's important to have. And you can only learn from listening like that. Like you have to become a student of music, right, to really, really make some fire shit because the average motherfucker who's making beats, he makes trap beats. He only listens to trap music. Or he makes a certain type of beats. He only makes, he listens to house, he only listens to house music. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You gotta be the guy to stand out who draws from everything. Yeah, And that's when you can
1: make some special shit. Yeah, like before I was a producer, I wasn't listening into no, you know, Latin music. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? To me and shit. Yeah, like I wasn't, (laughs) you know, like, I I just wasn't. You know what I'm saying? Because that's not where my, that's not the kind of shit that I listen to on my ride. You know, but. When I'm at the freaking record store, I'm in the psych rock section, I'm in the world section, I'm in the yes. African <laughs> section. I You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I'm listening. I'm, I'm picking from all because I know that the way that we make beats as sample-based producers, yeah. you can always find especially if you want to stand out. You can't just sample the regular shit. You can't just sample soul music all the time. Thank you man. can't just sample the same Ahmad Jamal record that, you know, this dude's like you got to find some shit, you know, and how you hear it is 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 really where it, where, it, where it goes, man. Like my ear since I've been producing, I listen to music a completely different way now. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, I don't hear music the way just as a regular listener like I did when I was in high school. Like yeah. now I'm listening to, oh, I see what they did there. You know what I'm yes. saying? I like, see, you know, especially when I listen to hip hop and dope producers, I'm like, "Oh, that's where that choppy is. Okay, I see." You know what I'm saying? Like mm. it's just so many, oh, that that goes against the, you know, the baseline. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like those notes clash a little bit and it makes this interesting sound. You know, just weird shit like that. You yeah. You can't do that if you just listen to one genre of music, you know. It's true. It's true. Yeah.
0: Get your palate open, you know, like yeah. um that's that's been one of the biggest, biggest things that has influenced me. I mean, if we look at all the shit that you and I did just on like your celestial clockwork record, mm-hmm. the slam- sampling on that record, wide ass range of shit we was pulling from. Mm-hmm. And that's why that record is so bugged out. But it all comes together.
1: Right, right.
0: And, but that doesn't happen if I'm not listening to all kind of bugged out shit. Right. You know, so that's number four. Mm-hmm. Number five tip to producers. Become a better producer. And this is one I know y'all don't want to listen to me on, but I'm going to say it anyway. Work with vocalists. Yeah. Work with vocalists. Look, I'm well aware that as a producer, you don't have to work with nobody now to have a career. Mm-hmm. You can be in a beat scene. You, we, we have friends and friends of the show who are amazing producers. And they don't need no vocalists. They make dope shit. And there's a scene of people who just buy instrumental shit. We mm-hmm. get it. But there's something to be learned from working with vocalists right? that you can't get from working by yourself. Working with vocalists teaches you collaboration, teaches you adaptation. It makes you uh, understand like, what you hear in a beat is so much different from what everybody else hears. Like I make a beat, I hear one thing, I hear nothing. Mm -hmm. I play the same beat for you, you hear something completely different. Right. The way you rhyme to it, what you talk about over it, Mm -hmm. the structure of how you rap your pattern, I'm like, where the fuck that come from? It changes you as a producer mm-hmm. because you stop looking at your music the same. You stop thinking, oh, I got all the answers. I know what's best for this beat. You don't really know. Right. But, but you'll, you'll always think you got these answers until you start working with vocalists.
1: They'll challenge yep. you. Yeah. And they'll make you look at your own shit differently. Yeah they'll open your eyes to something that you didn't see in the beat just because you're so close to it yeah you know
0: Dog, i do that so much with it. I, I would say a lot of the soul position records was a function of that mm-hmm. at least half the beats would be beats that like they was just interludes on the beat tapes mm-hmm. rj sent me a beat tape it would have like two minutes to the joints that he really liked you know what I mean? mm-hmm. be two minutes on there <laughs>
1: Then it'll be a 45-second joint. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, a loop.
0: 16 bars or something. I'd be like, that's the one. He'd be like, no. What? Like, yeah, that's that's it. I need that. Mm-hmm. I wrote a whole song. I'd be like, how'd you write a whole song and it's only 16 bars on the tape? I just get rewinding. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Because I like it. Yeah, as a producer. Uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, because I, said, I spit the song for him. And he'd be
1: like, oh. Yeah, didn't get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah, as a producer, like we can't control that. Usually, we talked about this before. Like you send cats, you know, ten beats, yeah, and you just put some joints on there. Like I don't really like this one, but let me just throw it on there. You know what uh. I'm saying? And it be the, those be the ones that they pick. Those be the ones that, sh- that has no changes. Yeah, You know, that's just, just a loop, a couple, drop, couple drops, you know what I mean? Yep. And that's it. But, you know, the ones that's crazy arranged and got, like, five different sounds. and they Nah, they, ain't, they don't want that shit. <laughs> they don't want that shit.
0: <laughs> it's true. Because, like, I know that shit, and I still do that to other producers when they send me shit. <laughs> I know how that feels. And I still can't help but do it to other people when I rhyme over their shit. they be like, yeah. this is the one. I'm like, nah, nah, nah. That's the one. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Trust me. But yeah, the songwriting uh, process, we know it as, as vocalists, as MCs. It's so much different in production. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's more about like the emotion. And the feeling that that beat brings out of us. Some beats give us a cinematic feel. You can see and you can feel something. Right. And that dictates our writing. A, a, a lot of production, you know, you make a beat. You honestly don't know. You, or you might like it because of the sample or how you freaked it, but maybe it doesn't have that emotional impact that a vocalist can find in it. And it's just different. I think once you work with vocalists, man, it just helps you take your shit to the next level, especially in terms of arranging your music. Mm-hmm. You know, the way that you arrange your music versus choruses, you know, breakdowns, mm-hmm. changes once you start working with vocalists. Yeah. You know, so that's number five. Number six tip: How to become a better producer. Learn how to DJ.
1: Play out. Yep, yep. That's where I'm at right now. I'm I I'm see. learning now. <laughs> I see. We see. <laughs> yeah. Look, if that has made the biggest difference
0: in my production, if I think about it, from when I when I first started, mm-hmm. I think part of the reason I was able to pick it up quickly was because I was DJing for four years. Listening to records, playing out, playing in front of people before I started making beats. Mm-hmm. And it producers don't know this, but any producer who has played a live beat set in front of any amount of people will tell you it's different. Very different. It's different than your bedroom. It's different than playing in front of a bunch of other producers, sharing beats, you know what I'm saying, with each other. Playing out is different. Mm -hmm. It can be humbling playing. It gives you a different sense of timing. Yeah. Your sense of time in terms of duration. Mm -hmm. You arrange the beat and you thought it was perfectly okay to have that 32 bar verse there where it ain't doing nothing. Yeah. Sounds good in the headphones and then the whip. In the club, people going to get drinks, people walking away, conversations is getting loud. You can hear Mm -hmm. people talking over your shit. Nothing's happening. It's not moving. DJing teaches you to avoid that. Yeah. As a DJ, my biggest takeaway was like, yo, keep people on the floor. Mm-hmm. That's your job. Keep people paying attention. If you lose them, you know, you got the dopest beat in the world, but if it's arranged improperly, you'll lose in a live setting. And DJing will, will teach you those lessons in a way that nothing else really can.
1: Yeah. Like this over, um, when I did the Beats and Beat live last Thursday, it was my first time doing a beat set, like using my controller and everything like in front of people. And I practiced like originally I had my set because I, I slated myself like everybody gets like 20 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so I slated myself 20 minutes. My set ended up being 11 minutes just because the feeling, you know what I'm saying? I was actually fit because I practiced, you know what I'm saying? I practiced yep. like I came in around like 18, you know what I'm saying? 19 <laughs> minutes during practice. Just because of the feel and when yeah. I was doing it live and just where where it just feeling like, OK, now it's time to transition to the next joint. Yes. My set ended up being 11 minutes long, man. And you never would have felt that if you didn't take it out.
0: Right. Into public. Right. right. That's what I think people are missing. A lot of a lot of producers are missing that. It's it changes you and it changes you and it makes you in a good way. Mm-hmm. We're not telling you to learn how to DJ to go play clubs and pop music. Yeah. We want you to learn how to DJ so that you can understand how people respond to music in a live setting. Yeah. It's far different than how they respond in a studio setting or how a, a crowd that's there strictly for you or, or people who are like you respond. Like you can play a beat for me and I'm, I am listen to every change in it. Mm-hmm. We can play beats back and forth because we just <laughs> listen to beats, right, right. But if we go out and we playing some beats, you know, what I'm saying in the public, the time starts to be a little like, yeah, Yo, you might want to change that beat up, dog. That thing's mm-hmm. still going for five minutes on that one.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know, bruh. <laughs> so
0: learn how to DJ. I mean, uh, Logic he just got like a uh, one of those MIDI turntable controllers. Anybody mm-hmm. who follows me on Instagram knows I got one. I post a picture of mine me and groove have used ours for whew, seven eight years at least mm-hmm. maybe longer because
1: i feel like you've used it before did you use it last time you and i toured i did think i might have because i had to dj for myself yeah, so I, think I, you yeah. I can't remember but
0: we always kept it for emergencies on tour mm-hmm. in case we went somewhere we couldn't bring our tables or in case something happened table got broke we had the midi turntables we could still play. And so I've had mine and you know I recently started using for for cuts on my records and stuff. But yo, know, it's good to have one of those because mm-hmm. it teaches you a lot and you know you're taking classes on DJ and just learning how to spin your yep. stuff out and it's going to change your relationship with your own music. And so as a mm-hmm. producer, I think you need that, man.
1: Yeah.
0: That's number 6. Number 7. Tip: How to become a better producer. Practice different styles. I can't say this enough. Whatever you do,
1: get outside of it every now and then. Mm-hmm. Tempos. Yeah. Instruments. Yeah. Oh, man.
0: Genres.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, Look, it's okay. Look, we're hip hop heads. I think if
0: people did a survey about 90% of my music is about 90 BPM. Mm-hmm. And about 90% of your music is 80 BPM.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. It's true. It's true. We're right
0: in there. This is our cut, mm-hmm. is where we're comfortable at. Yeah. But it's okay to break out and do some fast jams. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I got a couple joints that's like 115, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? 120 BPM. I crack the 100 sometimes. Every yeah. now and again I'll go down to like 80, 75, just to mm-hmm. kind of do some mean, evil, slow shit. Uh but Yo, it's okay. Yeah. As a producer, that BPM button does have a range. You can change it. I don't know if y'all noticed, but it's, you can put <laughs> your <moves>. mouse. <laughs>
1: it does move.
0: It does move. It yeah. does move. It's not set in stone. You know what I mean? You can move that BPM and it changes the feeling of your beats. Mm-hmm. Try it. Try
1: it. Make some house shit. It's fun, too. Yeah. Like it's fun. Like I, I have some shit that's like one forty. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I've I've been I've been touching that just because like I I get tired of hearing everything at the same tempo. Yes. As a producer, like listening to my own beats. If I, you know, put some beats on um on a playlist and play it in my car, it's like yes. I need some variation, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> to listen to. You yep. know what I mean? So it's but it's fun to you know, step outside of that, make some really, really slow shit, some double time shit, some, yeah. some change the time signature, make some three four shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like it's, it, it stretches you out and gives you things to put in your toolbox that you know you might not have if you're not practicing and trying out different shit. Straight yeah. up,
0: like, I mean, and, and the people will tell soon enough because I, I mean, will see soon enough because I got like some instrumental projects coming out and, and Logic's heard of them. and he played one of my songs on his last thing. It's like. Sounds like some jazz shit. Mm-hmm. Sounds like some Robert Glasper jazzy up-tempo shit. Don't yeah. sound like nothing. I typically rap to or, or make instrumental-wise, but it was one of those situations. I'm like, yo, I want to make some shit like that. Mm-hmm. And it made me step out of my comfort zone and, and just doing it to make it sound authentic was a challenge, man. Yeah, My Adventures in Counterculture record challenged myself. That record has a lot of different styles on it, and it took me to study all those styles to be able to do it. Which helped me as a producer now. So if you want to like uh, ex- ex- uh, expand your palette, don't be afraid to step outside of whatever your comfortable thing is. You ain't gotta make a bunch of uh, weird shit with the intent to put it out or sell it. Just make it, yeah, and grow from it. Use it to to learn and to add to your palette of, of tools in your toolbox. That's number seven, and uh, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. To all loyal listeners of the Super Duty Tough Work podcast, our brand new t-shirt is here. We've had hoodies in the past, but never t-shirts. So we decided to bust out a brand new design for our first t-shirt, which is the most infamous design. The shirt pays homage to Mob Deep's debut album, The Infamous, but flips it and bounces it like y'all know we do if you want to support the podcast and rep the squad by ordering a shirt go to weightless.net quick note this shirt is sold exclusively with pre-orders of the new book the social media cheat code so you can pick up the signed book and a t-shirt at the same time that's it for now we appreciate your support. Back to the show. All right. Back to the show. Super Duty Tough Work. Mm-hmm. Music producers, what's good? If you're on YouTube, you got to let us know what your favorite bullet point is. You know, if you're on SoundCloud, etc. cetera. Holla at your boys. Y'all know we on Instagram. If you don't already follow us, follow us on Instagram under, which is uh, Super Duty underscore. Tough work. You know, if you're on Twitter, it's uh, SDTW underscore podcast. We know it's not the same. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Maybe we'll standardize the handles this year. I don't know. But Twitter doesn't allow us enough characters to do super duty underscore tough work. Mm. So uh, who knows? But you know where to find us mm-hmm. most infamous podcast. And on YouTube, super duty, tough work, YouTube backslash YouTube.com backslash super duty, tough work, one word Add us, subscribe playlist and such. Mm-hmm. We got three more bullet points this week. How to become a better producer. Number eight, collaborate with other producers. This is one that is happening a lot more now. Thanks to the internet. Yes, because when we was coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody trying to work with you, son. Nah, nah,
1: it was not trying to trade no tips. Wasn't no. Hey, let's just get up and play some beats for each other. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah, everything was secretive. Like you couldn't see what records they had. Like <laughs> Hell no. You had Hell to be. No. Everybody was in their own little bubble. You know.
2: Mm-mm,
1: they wouldn't tell you where they dug at. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. That's a secret.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like nothing was exchanged. And now it's like because that barrier has changed. Dudes really exchange everything. The community is is dope now to see producers so willing to share their work, to share their tips and tricks, explain things, and not see other producers as like a threat, right? Which is what it used to be because there were so few. And so uh, there's a lot to be learned from working with other producers, man. Mm -hmm. Um, We all typically learn production by ourselves. And as we learn it by ourselves, we develop these like, Really like specific weird ways of doing things, mm-hmm. and sometimes we don't know they weird
1: till we get around other people. Yeah, we like, damn, I'm a fucking weirdo. Like, why are I doing <laughs> this shit? Or you find out, like, damn, I'm I'm doing this the hard way. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, oh, like he just did that that quick, especially because me step. and you have talked about it, and um, I we haven't done it yet, but just getting up and just getting together and making beats together. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And. You know, I can watch your process. because you we have two different programs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just you know, you know, doing shit like that. I think that would be really dope, and I think we'd kind of you know, it it open our eyes to some different things, and yeah. probably be fucking inspirational. You know? <laughs> yeah, we got to get up and just have to just do uh, drum programming. Yeah, since that's yeah. what you want to get better. That's all we'll do is just program drums. Yeah, man. That that I would love that I need it. some help. <laughs> <laughs> I I get a, I get a couple like patterns every now and then, but. Yeah. You, you like, it takes me too you. long. It takes yeah. me too long to program a pattern that I like. Yeah. It takes me way too long. Yeah.
0: Well, I ain't the fastest, but I can, I can dial in what I need. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Pretty pretty well now. But, you know, obviously I've been doing it a long time. But, you know, right. I've had periods in my career where I literally just sat around and did nothing but drum programming. Where I'm like, damn, my drum programming ain't slapping right now, man. I need to mm-hmm. listen to some, some shit and, and try to copy it. And mm-hmm. see if I can do what they're doing and how can I make my shit sound like that, you know? Yeah.
1: But during those times I didn't make no beats. All I did was drums. Yeah. You know? Maybe I need one of those, like a like a <laughs> like a specific day in my schedule where it just drums. That's, That's all it. I do. That's all That's I do. It.
0: Yeah, because yeah, there's a science behind it, man. Oh yeah, I know. Like, I know. These dudes are scientists out here with this drum
1: programming now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just and just listen to the drum breaks. Like, it's like, how the fuck? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I mean, yeah. especially because it's an actual drummer, but also listening to cats, you know, that are good at drum programming. Yes. That use digital. And it's like, how the fuck did they fit that little role in there? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because I know that's not, I know it's not a break. Right. You right. know what I'm saying? I can tell right. the drums are different drums, but yeah. the pattern is so beautiful. How the hell did they fucking do that? <laughs> right. You know, especially if they hand drumming too. Like, hand drumming, miss yeah. me with that. I'm not, I ain't yeah. nowhere. <laughs> Nowhere, nowhere, I realize that it's too late for me to even try. You know, yeah, you know, I'm not, not. I'm not coordinated enough. I'm no. not. I'm not. I'm not. I, but I
0: learned that from just programming, trying to play real drums. Like mm-hmm. the whole, uh, you know, they call it like what is it, the thing called hand independence, mm-hmm. where you have to train yourself mentally to where your your left hand and right hand don't do the same things. Mm-hmm. It take you got a drum for a while to get that physically. Yeah. You got dudes who got finger independence. Right. It's even crazier to where like this index don't want to do what that index is doing. It can do two different things. And you got even one hand. where like it, doing all different things at different times. It's like, uh, I'm going to just keep making beats, man, because like, I I don't know if I'm ever be able to, to
1: do the finger drumming like that. Yeah. That's but, the shit I'm learning, too, with DJ. And like, yeah. it's not as it's not as severe, you know, what yeah. I mean? but still like learning that that independence of hand to you know if i'm if i want to do a certain type of cut because i ain't trying to be cubert or nothing you know what i mean but i want to be able to do like little shit you know that i can do out live and do on records and stuff to where it sounds good enough you know what i mean yeah that shit takes a lot of practice and coordination like yeah I'm, I'm I'm learning like I got so much respect for DJs that are fucking turntablists Like, how yeah. the fuck do y'all do it? Yeah. You know, what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't get it, you know, but it's that it's that practicing, man. Straight up, man. Straight yeah. up, man. So, yeah, that, that's
0: number eight. Collaborate mm-hmm. with other producers. Number nine bullet point. Practice publicly. Yes. We've talked about this many times. Mm-hmm. And uh, w- what we mean by this for those who, you who haven't heard us say it before, is like one of the best things that you can do to kind of build your skills and what we see a lot of producers doing now is practicing publicly. They share their work publicly. They make beats publicly. They, they don't sit around. They create songs publicly, pieces mm-hmm. of art. People don't sit around expecting it to be perfect. People are just happy to, to have a sneak peek in on the process and hear stuff they haven't heard before. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it can be, tough for some people because we want to wait till everything is perfect right you know and so we we tend to hold our work until it's on an album Mm. and i think even me and logic talked about it like we didn't have no quick and dirty content right we dudes who just come with the full fucking music video (laughs) right you ain't getting no extra yeah 1080p hd Color treated, you know, the right. g- grade it and everything had a LUT on it. Yeah, now we're not dropping nothing without no LUTs, you know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting these LUTs, you know, if you get some finish from us. Oh, you're getting that sharpened too. you getting that right. sharpened, you know what I mean? Right, you, you're right. catching that, buddy. Yeah. And so for us, it's like we've had to adjust to trying to drop quick and dirty content. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's something I talk about in the, in the, the cheat code book um there's a lot to be gained anybody who i mean you guys know us we're not perfect We, you can see us put all these things into practice mm-hmm. so if you look at like my instagram in the last two weeks i've been doing a lot of quick and dirty stuff mm-hmm. and it's been getting really good responses you know yeah. and i've never done that before um but i had to kind of train myself out of the it has to be perfect Mm-hmm. You Know what I'm saying? The trap of that, like it, it's got to be 1080p, it got to be color, it got to be perfect. It's like, nah, man, just get it done, mm-hmm. get it done, make it fast, and then move forward. Yeah, um, but I'm trying to practice publicly, I'm trying to share beats that are not totally done, but they're good enough to share.
1: Yeah, got a good groove, you know, for yeah. a one minute video, like you don't need a bunch of changes, you don't no. need nothing crazy, just you know, a good groove. And that's what I've learned. Yeah. Because I, I, cause I used to think, oh, I got to be perfect. I got to be able to. I used to, feel, I used to feel
0: like this, too. And I wonder if any other producers feel like this. I almost felt like if I wasn't able to do it like the dudes with the SP404s was doing it, mm-hmm. I shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And so maybe I needed an SP to play beats and do effects and things like them. Mm-hmm. Or else I shouldn't share my shit. But then I realized, like, yo, that's their shit. Right. My shit is my shit. I don't have to Mm -hmm. do what they do to get a response. Everybody doesn't do that. Like, all I have to be is dope. Mm -hmm. People don't expect that from me. Right. So, once I kind of got past that hurdle, I was like, oh, yeah, you don't got to do what they do. Mm -hmm. Fine, do it your way. I mean, which is, it's kind of like you with the MIDI turntable. Yeah. You don't have an SP404. No. No.
1: You got a MIDI turntable and it works for you. Right. Right. And so, like, practice publicly, man. Yeah. And it's, I think it's dope, too, like, the quick and dirty content is, you know, people, if they're on the journey with you, they feel more connected to you. Yes. They feel more connected to your story. They're more prone to when the finished product is available. Yes. Like, yo, I, saw, I remember, you know, a year ago when he first got that controller. You know what I'm saying, and he was practicing publicly. Now look at him. You know what I'm saying. Now shit is blending perfectly. Effects are yeah. on point. Like I, I, I was along for the ride, and he putting out an instrumental project. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick that shit up because I remember. You know, I saw, I saw him developing the skill to get to the point yep. to where putting an instrumental project out makes sense for him now. Yep. Yeah, because you practice publicly, it gives people it, people feel closer to it. It's true. Yeah, like I,
0: I look now like yo, because I have these instrumental projects. You know that are done like yo It would make no sense for me to just drop An instrumental project without sharing no beats With people right like I need to be sharing I need To Mm -hmm. be sharing what I'm doing every day if I'm Making beats every day if I'm Making shit I I I really think is dope I should be sharing and practicing Publicly man it ain't gonna be perfect you know I I Still have things I could do like you know I've Never shared my beat making process with Nobody or nothing like that or Listen to records publicly but That will come that will mm-hmm. come, but it's just a matter of like putting myself in a position, just saying, yo
1: man, I'm sharing this shit. Yeah. And also for, for you, since Emmy, since we're MCs first, you know, to get people, used, get people prepared, you know what yes. I'm saying? Get yes. their ear prepared. So when you say you dropping an instrumental record, they already know to yep. not expect, you know what I'm saying? Print rhyming over everything. Thank you. Like, you know, get them, get them in get them. that mindset to where, okay, he's in his producer bag. You know what I'm saying? And get yeah. them in that mode for the next, you know, few months to where they're like, okay, you know, now I know what to expect. I'm ready for this now. You Facts. know what I mean? Yeah. 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 That's
0: very important. Because, yeah, because you guys like us, we can get a lot of uh, either backlash or confusion mm-hmm. when we put out instrumental projects because yeah. people be expecting us to rap over everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs>
0: if you're not rapping, they like like, what, what is this? Where'd this come mm-hmm. from? Yeah, why are you doing this? No, I got, somebody said something on my uh, Facebook. Like, why, why are you writing a social media book? Since when did you start trying to help artists or some shit like that? It's just a brand. I was like, where's this guy been for the last five years? Yeah, like, podcast? where are you?
1: What the fuck? Yeah,
0: I just was like, block. <laughs> <laughs> mute <laughs> i was like how, how to say you ain't been paying attention without saying you ain't been paying attention
1: right right i was like yo every fucking week we have been doing this podcast like yeah the book makes perfect sense for people listening to the podcast yeah like it shows you're not you're not really a fan you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. like you really don't fuck with me like that like you probably only have 1988 in yeah. your possession like yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. or a soul position record or something you know what i mean yeah. like you don't fuck with us like that you don't follow me on
0: social media at all right right like what do you mean when did i start Trying to help artists and do stuff like that, and this book. I'm like, all right, man, fucking, mm. you know, he he clearly hasn't seen me practicing publicly, posting exactly. clips of this show for five fucking years, but you know, <laughs> right to each his own. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, last joint, last bullet point, and this is one that you know we all have to fuck with, and uh. I think everybody, no matter where you start, you come back to this. But number 10 tip to become a better producer is to learn some music theory. I'm here now. You know, you said
1: you, you getting there. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah. I mean, because just, just wanting to play, you know, play along with my samples and wanting to make beats that have no samples and being able to play shit in key and, yeah. you know, understanding notes and all that stuff. Like, it's important.
0: Yeah. and You don't got to be a fucking, you know, Great piano player.
1: Oh no! To understand music theory, yeah, just understanding key is important. Yeah. You don't have to. Like, what just key is knowing, that? Yeah, what key is that? What's what, the bass note? What what's scale? Note? Yeah, what yeah. scale
0: can I play? What notes are in that scale? Okay, mm-hmm. cool. I can play all these notes and then that. Okay, you know, to me like the the the, the illest application. Why you need to know? It's, if you're a sample based producer, you need to understand key so that you can understand how to put samples together. Yes. So that all your compositions ain't gotta be from the same sample, right. you you can take these records and start p- combining things because you know, okay, I know this is in that key, this is in that key. I know how to transpose this and get this into that key, and then now I got this and I can use this on that part. I can use that for th- you see. But if you don't understand music theory, you're gonna struggle with that. Mm-hmm. You know, and that doesn't even require being able to
1: play really. You right. just
0: need this- to develop your ear.
1: Yeah. And that's what that's what was cool for me because I played, you know, saxophone in middle school and high school. So I understand music a little bit and I have a pretty good ear as far as hearing key. Yeah. Most of the stuff that I do that, you know, where I put samples together from other records, I do it by ear. I don't even necessarily know exactly yeah. what key it is. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But most of it I do by ear right now. And I'm and it's harder that way. Yeah. It's way you hard. guess it, yeah, yeah. Cause you guess it, you yeah. Know? Like, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, that's something
0: I always thought about. Like, a lot of people don't exactly know that thing where it's like, here a sample, oh, that's in this key. Here another sample, oh, that's in a different key. Mm-hmm. Okay, how do I get this to match that mm-hmm. exactly yeah. to where the listener can't tell that they come from two different places? That's the shit. That's like. Yeah. a lot of people don't know how to do because they just haven't got to that music theory part but then when you get to music theory part you're like oh hell no like yeah. you combine the music theory with the time stretching and all these other technical tools that are out there you can't be stopped mm-hmm. can't be stopped all kind of collage ass shit you be creating I'd be like if you're like yo man all you you know I, I done told you you know yeah you've seen the shit that I'm on now right, right like, yeah. just applying you be doing some
1: yeah yeah
0: <laughs> like I, I done, I'm up in here like you know what I'm saying uh, minority <laughs> report you know what I mean like Tom Cruise minority for taking shit let's go with that put this over there because I just I see it now I've been able to apply that to that but it, uh, it took me a while to get there and then, uh, then to find tools that su- support that you know finding mm-hmm. my style and, and uh, mastering these little pockets now I can get it but learn music theory sooner rather than later you know you don't have to become a virtuoso piano player not like that just be able to recognize a key uh play a chord or two so you can copy chords so you can figure out why certain pieces of music are great eventually you'll learn more but you know and then if you make a beats every day you'll get it you'll be better Facts. so that's it that's it how to become a better music producer uh let me read them back number one read your manuals number two make two to three beats a day number three Imitate your favorites. Number four, listen to a lot of old records. Number five, work with vocalists. Number six, learn how to DJ and play out. Number seven, practice different styles. Number eight, collaborate with other producers. Number nine, practice publicly. And number 10, learn some music theory. You apply these, you'll be dope in no time. Mm -hmm. You know And I hope this has been uh, Inspiring to some I hope you uh, Producers out there Who are new Or up and coming Or just trying to find Your your style And apply these And uh You know Hopefully we'll be hearing Some fire shit from you facts You know And so that's it for this week We'll see y'all next week Right. Peace
1: Peace
2: Thank you for listening To Super Duty Tough Work Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Follow the podcast on SoundCloud. Peace.
1: Shoot, I got styles already that's more complex that nobody know about. I mean, super duty, tough work. <laughs>